Great. Hello, everybody, and welcome back uh, to the 306 Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, we are here recording on the Monday, uh, in the middle of the Monday night football game, and uh, we are ready to drop this episode for Wednesday, October 27th, uh, episode number 25. Uh, this one, we're doing a little bit of a Halloween special. Uh, so we got a Halloween special segment, slap dab in the middle of this one. As uh, this upcoming weekend, we got uh, we got a treat. We got Halloween coming up here, uh, so we'll be also recapping our week uh, week number seven and then prepping for our week number eight. So before we get started here, we might as well say hello to the fellas. Let's uh, let's throw it over to say hello to Zach first. Zach, uh, what's going on? Oh, you know, same old, same old. Um, football season is quickly winding down, and it can't happen soon enough. It is disgusting today in Saskatoon um I think I had two jackets and three pairs of pants on and I was still shivering a little bit today during practice yeah it's uh it's not nice out there Armin how about you staying warm in that nice flannel jacket I see there (laughs) yeah gotta wrap it again today I wore it to work it was wonderful got a few comments on it people like it so of course they do right and uh yeah football's coming into the playoffs here and uh you know zach if everything goes to plan you, you'll get bounced uh, on wednesday here the day we drop as everyone's listening <laughs> and uh you won't have to worry about the cold anymore and it'll be just old jordan and i standing out in the cold coaching yeah uh, for those of you at home uh we are uh in the high school at least for our div two championship uh we're the one seat at saint mary versus the number four seat Evan Hardy. So we have the matchup of the 306 matchup here. We got uh, myself and uh, and Armin. We're going against Zach's high school team as well, too. So so big Just matchup. A, an, under, an underrated storyline yeah. for, uh, for the boys to be concerned about. When they go back in time and talk about the playoff matchup of the year, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, it's the matchup of the 306 fantasy football <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Mike Siona mentions this at least once to or on wednesday yeah he'll get on ctv as well too i'm sure he'll give us a show likely yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been uh it's been a quick turnaround obviously with the wednesday game usually at that very early so we're playing thursday but we had uh, a practice on sunday in the cold monday in the cold tomorrow in the cold (laughs) and then hopefully make it thursday and friday off to recuperate so wednesday is supposed to be nice so it's supposed to be like 12 degrees and sunny which Compared to the past couple of practices, I'll take twelve and sunny. Yeah, I uh, I won't be upset with that for sure. Yeah. Still got that well, might I'm be only one bother you because you're in the booth, Jordan. I was just gonna say I'm a booth guy. It's not gonna <laughs> bug me any. I'll be sitting there in my t-shirt and maybe crank the heat on a little bit, stay toasty up there. But it's not gonna be too bad, that's for sure. On uh, on Friday, I bought uh, a ten pack of those like hand warmer things. Yeah, and I was handing them out to the coaches pregame, and I offered our our offensive guy that's in the booth one he's like oh no I'm, I'm good i'm good i'm in the booth I'm like all right cool 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 <laughs> he comes down at halftime he's like oh could i could i have could i have some it's awfully cold yeah that booth <laughs> that booth's the coldest smallest booth you can possibly imagine me and yeah. one of our coaches i took a space heater up there because you plug in our headset up there and then the other plug we had our space heater going it actually wasn't too bad but man it still gets cold up there <laughs> yeah that wind comes right into the booth there in pa yeah, it's less than ideal, but oh well. Oh, we well, I shouldn't say for sure, but there probably won't be too many of those left up there. So 
take advantage of them while we can, while the, like I said, the football season's winding down. So um, before we get started here, quick little shout out. Uh, want to give a shout out to well, our, one of our major sponsors at Limitless Gear out of Prince Albert. Uh, big congratulations to the founder and owner, Cody Demeray, uh, for winning the ABEX 2021 Youth Entrepreneur of the Year Award. So obviously uh, for his for his company of Limitless Gear, who we are very proud to have as our major sponsor. Big shout out to uh, Cody and uh, congratulations on on the award and, and best of luck moving forward with uh, obviously Limitless Gear and and the recognition you're getting. He's, he's also, this little tidbit about him too, he's also running for the uh, Métis Nation Youth President uh, as well coming up here too. So some big things for, uh, for Cody. So congratulations on the award and uh, obviously best of luck moving forward with the uh, with the presidency campaign as well too so um a little bit uh what do you figure might as well get into the insiders and headliners here fellas oh yeah got got a couple interesting things here some a little bit of injuries some trades and some some big uh some big moments in the nfl this past week so uh we'll start with this one because it was uh kind of put us on a little bit of a panic there darren waller a surprise inactive uh for week seven and unfortunately he was the afternoon special so trying to if you were waiting for him to find out for sure if he's playing or not, you had to maybe do the frantic, find a ten end, tight end and play him. Um, moving forward, you're going to have to monitor him. We, we actually got pretty darn lucky. I ended up last second seeing it, waiting, hurrying, hurrying for them to, for Sleeper to put him out as out and not questionable so I can get him on the IR and pick a tight end up. And we picked up Moali Cox and got lucky with a tight end and a couple big receptions. So worked out for the fellas a little bit there too. So hopefully if you were in that pinch, you – you could uh, find uh, one of those tight ends and, and made the best of Waller being out, but definitely something worth monitor. They are on the bye week here, uh, but something to monitor uh, coming off the bye as well, too. So. Man, I had him in three leagues. I totally forgot about the one league and didn't change it. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal, eh? That's the yeah. worst feeling ever. That's a part of the yeah. problem of being in so many leagues is kind of a kick in the nuts when you when you forget about one of them or something, you know? Yeah, I still might win, but uh, it all comes down to the night. So we'll yes, see. Monday night miracle, crossing them fingers. Um, and a couple other ones. Uh, this one was it's a kind of a combo. This this trade just happened today on Monday, uh, but it is a reaction to Zach Wilson going down with his knee injury. Uh, he's expected to miss two to four weeks. Uh, so the Jets went out and ended up trading for Joe Flacco from the Eagles. So bringing Joe Flacco once again back to the Jets. Uh, so Joe Flacco will most likely be the starting uh, quarterback for the uh, the New York Jets moving forward here until Zach Wilson is back. I almost feel that he's uh, just as fantasy relevant. Uh, <laughs> Maybe <still>. more. <laughs> Maybe more, to be honest. As, as Zach's dynasty team, it might be a little more relevant. I'm not too sure here. Um, a couple other ones. Uh, Miles Sanders, his ankle. Uh, he is questionable. They, they, the MRI came back negative, so I don't think it's as serious at this, as they anticipated, but definitely something to be monitoring as the week goes on. And, and I'll talk about Miles Sanders a little bit later on in the episode. But this one's a huge piece of news, too. It, it came across the table uh, through the midday here on Monday. Uh, Devontae Adams has been placed on the COVID IR reserve and will miss the Thursday nighter in week number eight. So, uh, if you are a Devonte Adams owner, that is a huge loss to you and your your dynasty team. But it's also a huge loss for the Green Bay Packers. So um, maybe we'll go to Zach here. Zach, who are you expecting maybe to step up and help up that uh, that Green Bay Packers team and, and a huge Thursday night matchup against the undefeated Arizona Cardinals? 
Absolutely. Um, another person impacted by this would be Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. Um, but in, in, in reality, in, in the real world, I would look for possibly Randall Cobb to pick up a little bit of that receiving slack um, in the absence of Adams. And I'd also look for them to involve uh, Dylan more on the ground as well as Jones more so than normal in the passing game. And, and that's where Aaron Jones gets a lot of his points anyhow, but quite possibly more so now um, with Adams out of the game. Yeah, it's uh, going to be music to your ears, Armand, after A.J. Dillon's tough week of negative 2.6 oh. points. <laughs> and in the bi-cocalypse, I had to start him. Oh, that was rough. He was, uh, he was one of those names that guys wanted to start because, like you said, in that, in that terrible bye week, he was a name that's like, all right, he's a questionable flex to begin with, and then found his way in the doghouse pretty quick. Yeah, and, you know, they were – it was looking like they were trusting him more and more every week, and now after last week, uh, he's going to be starting from the ground up again like he did at the beginning of the season. So be interesting to see what happens with A.J. Dillon, but that's, I think, his first fumble of his career. So, you know – it's bound to happen once you start getting more and more carries. So hopefully he can bounce back and the Packers aren't the type of team to put a young guy into the, the dog house that quickly. Yeah. I think that game, you can expect the unexpected because the Packers always find a way in those primetime games. Um, and they're facing obviously an undefeated team against the Arizona Cardinals. So I think that's going to be a fun one to watch without Adams. I think that's going to be an uphill climb for them. But uh, the Packers can always unexpect. You can always expect the unexpected. They'll they'll have a couple tricks in their bag. They'll be willing to pull out there. I think for the Thursday night. So, um, a couple of guys coming off the IR. Well, I guess Nick Chubb was never on the IR, but uh, the the reports are expected that he will be returning this upcoming week here for the Cleveland Browns, which is excellent news uh, for Armin. He uh, he owns Nick Chubb quite a bit, and he was his my guy this this season. But uh, that's obviously awesome news for Cleveland. Um, Dearness Johnson, I still think, even though coming off a huge week, I still think he has some value, but obviously a lot of that will be capped with Nick Chubb returning, but I don't know if Nick Chubb will be coming back to full snaps, but definitely something I'll be paying attention to this upcoming week, uh, how much his utilization he gets in his first week back off his injury. But another guy coming off the IR, Michael Gallup, uh, he has been activated off the IR wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so he is now in his practice window. They have 21 days to officially activate him to the active roster. Uh, so he can be activated from that practice window anytime now in the next, I suppose, under three weeks. So uh, something to monitor there. Another weapon coming back for Dallas. Uh, this one's an interesting one. And maybe we'll kind of um, go around the horn and see what everybody thinks. The Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson trade rumors. They're starting to come up the trade deadline of November 2nd. Is it November 2nd, right? November 2nd, November 5th? Second. Second. It's the Tuesday, I think. Usually. Yeah, the, so the deadline is coming around the corner here pretty quick. So the, so the rumors are starting to fly around. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll say, do you think he is going to be traded? And if he is traded, uh, where do you think he's going to end up going? And this is all hypothetical that uh, if he is traded, he's going to play. I don't know if he's traded. I don't know what's going to happen with the uh, commissioner exemption list, but let's, so let's go around the horn and start with Armin. Armin, do you think he's going to be traded? And if so, where do you think he's going to end up? You know, honestly, I, I don't think he's going to get traded this year. I, if I was a GM and I was trying to make a push um, for this year, I wouldn't be trying to get him. 
I'd be maybe considering him for next year if after the season one of my QBs that I was trying to buy into and we're done done with him and want to move on, then I would look into Watson. But at this point in the season, I want to touch him myself. So I'm I'm gonna go with I don't I don't think there will be much suitors for him. For sure. Our, our, uh, sorry, Zach, your thoughts? Yeah, see, Armin, I think I gotta disagree with you here. Um I think he will be traded. Um over the past week, I suppose, there's been a lot of reports um, coming from Texans insiders um, about possible destinations, including Miami, uh, Carolina, Denver, Philly. Um, and then going back to the offseason, or pardon me, going back to the start of the season, there's been reports of offers in excess of three first-round picks from the Dolphins. Um or possibly from the from the Eagles, pardon me. Um, so I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, lots of teams seem to be interested in Watson. I do agree with you, though, Armand. It's a huge gamble. Um, I read something over the weekend on Twitter that was like, this is either going to, regardless of how it turns out, it'll be a career-defining move and a franchise-altering decision for that GM. Um, it'll either turn out to be like a, a great choice, fantastic decision that puts that franchise in, uh, in the right direction for a championship uh, right away, or it's just going to crash and burn um, right in front of their faces. Um, like I think, like you mentioned, Armand, um, we don't know right now what the NFL is going to do if and when Watson is traded. They haven't had to make any decisions about uh, suspensions or fines or anything like that because the Texans are keeping him off the field. But if a team does acquire him and chooses to play him, um, it's quite possible the NFL will step in with some sort of uh, suspension, and understandably so. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm with you, Zach, and the fact that I think he is going to be dealt uh, but I don't know if the commissioner exempt will come forward this year with being midway through the season. I think they'll take the time and hopefully make the, uh, the decision in the off season, or at least like maybe the, the law will make the decision and maybe there'll be something that's found in the investigation. But uh, if I was to make the speculation, I think the team that has the most capital to be able to do that trade is either Miami or, or Philly. And if you've been watching Jalen Hurts at all, he ain't the answer. So I can't imagine too many teams are actively pursuing Jalen Hurts. So that's why I'm leaning towards Miami, where I think Tua still has a little bit of potential to him. Um, but there's there's now all of a sudden Carolina, they're like, oh yeah, like maybe we'll maybe Carolina's going after him and and gonna get rid of Darno because he's been looking terrible too. So I mean, like there's a lot of smoke, like you mentioned, Zach. So it's all speculation at this point. But if I was to put a little money on, I think I'm going with Miami. I think just they got the they got the capital and they have the more talented quarterback, in my opinion. And uh interestingly enough, he has a a no trade clause in his contract. And there's been speculation from the get-go that he he being Watson is not interested or he wasn't interested at the time at least in Philadelphia. Um I've read some reports, uh more speculation than anything that uh says he likes Miami. He wants to end up in Miami. Um, I think they have a pretty lenient uh, income tax down in Florida, as well as like the weather and the nightlife would be 
probably much more um, enjoyable than the weather and nightlife in <laughs> Philadelphia. That's, I'm just going to speculate and say you're probably right on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the income tax laws in Pennsylvania, but I do know about the weather and the nightlife being considerably better oh, in man. Florida. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I wanna, do you want to live by the beach or do you want to be in the snow? You tell me. Yeah, no doubt. Um, our last one here we're going to go on to is uh, this one. This one was an interesting one. I don't know if you guys watched the game at all, but uh, he's in our big games, honorable mention. Tom Brady absolutely wiped the floor with Chicago and <laughs> in the first <laughs> half, uh, to be honest. But uh, Tom Brady passes for the 600th um, career t- uh, TD pass. And it goes to Mike Evans. And I don't know if you guys watched the game or not, but Mike Evans catches the touchdown pass, goes into the crowd, and gives away Tom Brady's 600 TD pass. Now, we were talking about a little bit beforehand. Uh, the, the guy that got the, the ball ends up giving it back. But I'm just going to read this off here. This is what the guy ended up receiving. Uh, I think his name is Byron Kennedy here. Um, he ends up receiving the 600 TD pass, gives it back. But this is what they gave him to get the ball back. Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. A signed Mike Evans jersey and his game-worn cleats. A $1,000 credit to the team store, as well as two season passes for the remainder of this season, as well as the next upcoming season. So we talked about a little bit that like, yeah, okay, that's a really good lump sum to get back. But you, made a, you made a comment there, Zach, about the speculation of what that ball is worth. Yeah, I've seen reports on uh, different sources or different websites rather that are speculating that ball could go for upwards of $500,000 on a open auction um, with like, you know, high rollers of the, of the sort. Um, so it's, it's hard to imagine that whatever he got from the Buccaneers would come close to eclipsing, you know, half a million dollars. Um but I'd be interested to know what his what those seasons entail. Like, are they nosebleed seats, um, or are they like seats in like the Pilsner Zone of Raymond James Stadium, <laughs> or wherever the heck the Buccaneers play, um, or are they like you know nice seats that he has like access to like a, a club room with an open bar and a buffet. Oh, um, they they gotta give him the yeah. the club room. With, Make it worth you know, his time. You know, he was yeah. he was or at the very least. The I want away. access to to Tom Brady's family's club room. <laughs> <laughs> I want to sit next to Giselle. Yeah, I just want to look yeah. at the 600 TD ball every time I go to the stadium. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine he made like, it worth his time. But I mean, I'm and, I'm a pretty nice guy. I think I'm giving that ball back. But I would like to you know, like milk the cow a little bit here. And I think that's oh, uh, for sure. That's definitely a substantial. Like at first I saw the reports. It was a thousand dollars to the team store. I'm like, are you kidding? That's it. A thousand dollars to the team store. I was like, all right, I guess that's what you get for being a good guy. And then I saw the more reports coming through. I was like, Oh no, like they treated him pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I'm know, happy he got what he got. Um, Cause like he did get a pretty good return, but <laughs> wouldn't it have been something if Brady and the Buccaneers were like, we're not going to give you a penny, but Mike Evans is going to go on that auction site and he's winning the damn thing. And he is paying the $500,000 <laughs> yeah, to get the We're ball. making Mike Evans pay for this. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, Armin, you were trying to say something? Oh, I was going to say like, you know, you got to give it to that guy. Like 
a lot, there's a lot of people in the world who might not have given that ball back. And he was like, and I agree with him. He was like, you know, Tom Brady asked for the ball back. What are you going to say? Say no to Tom Brady. Like, yeah, like I, I'd definitely give him the ball back. All right. So that, that concludes our insiders and headliners. Uh, we're going to head into uh, continue, I guess, the weekly recap here and we'll go into our uh, studs and duds. So I'll start this one. Uh, my stud of the week, I'm going to go with wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase. Uh, Jamar Chase put up 28.1 fantasy points in half point PPR scoring uh, with eight receptions, 201 receiving yards and one touchdown. And uh, this was a game I was watching quite closely because this uh, this past week, me and some buddies, we started doing uh, pools picks and uh, this was the game we boxed. Because uh, I wanted to take Cincinnati, and it was kind of one of those ones where that's a bit of a gutsy call to take Cincy over Baltimore. So we ended up boxing, so I was just cheering for Cincy because, I mean, most people would take Baltimore as the favorites in that game. Uh, but, man, oh, man, he looked legit through that game. And I saw a thing. He has the best rookie passing – or uh, rookie receiving numbers for the first seven weeks of his career ever. I think the previous one was um, – Anquan Bolden, I think, was the the previous one for the best seven weeks. Uh, but there is a new uh, historical rookie wide receiver for his first seven weeks, and that is Jamar Chase, and he has been looking ridiculous. And I guess an honorable mention to go with that is Joe Burrow, uh, obviously the quarterback passing him the ball, but uh, both of them have looked superb through the first seven weeks here, and a huge victory for Cincinnati, upsetting the Baltimore Ravens, and now are the sole. Uh, sole, sole possessor of the number one spot in the AFC, which is, uh, I'm sure everybody's pick of the season <laughs> to have the AFC locked up. But, uh, but my episode of the week is Jamar Chase, rookie, a wide receiver from the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, next up here, Zach, you want to share your set of the week? Yeah, for sure. So Damian Harris was my stud of the week and he was my stud for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, the most important reason was he put the team on his back and he brought it home for the Pats. Um, love watching Damian Harris run. And uh, you can usually tell as a, as a Pats fan, what kind of game you're getting in, in, uh, in for um, based on how Harris performs in that first drive. Um, and he was gashing the jets, uh, gashing through their linebackers, like a hot knife through butter. Um, so early on, I figured it was going to be a good game. Didn't quite realize it was going to be that good of a game for the Pats. Um, Four points. <laughs> yeah, a big old 50 burger on the, uh, the team in green. So it was great to see. Um, Harris had 24.3 half point fantasy points, um, which is a really good number. Um, but then he, he could have had more. He left some, uh, some meat on the bone or rather the Pats left some meat on the bone. Um, Harris sat out for most of the second half. And uh, while he was on the bench, little five foot six JJ Taylor um, scored two short yardage rushing touchdowns for them. Um, had Harris been in there, you know, that's an extra dozen points to uh, his already impressive day. Um, but for Harris, it was an even better week because of when it came, um, like we've mentioned last week and, and this week, um, this week was really hard for some people with their buys. 
Um, and Harris was a huge, huge benefit or beneficiary for those that had him in their lineups. Um, so Damian Harris was definitely a stud for me on a number of fronts. Well, with the, they sat Ramondre Stevenson before the game as a surprise inactive, but you could have started all three of those running backs and they all had top 15 quality weeks. Like even Bolden had, I think, put in 16 points at a receiving touchdown and, and yeah, Bolden yards. fantastic. Um, I, <laughs> I don't love Brandon Bolden. Um, every once in a while, they'll run like a stupid, uh, shotgun or a pistol formation draw that goes for like negative two yards and it's usually like clockwork you like ah oh, that's a bolden play and sure enough brandon bolden <laughs> um but they were using him really well yesterday they were using him on uh flat routes and swings, swings over the backfield yeah. um screens and and that's where bolden excels um running in between the tackles isn't a a recipe for success at least not in my eyes but getting them with the ball in space is usually not bad and they did, they did a really good job with that so yeah like you mentioned you could have started any of those three running backs for the pats and you'd have been happy as your running back two or especially your flex play he's filling into that james white role quite nicely that's uh the kind of guy you talked about early in the season you know that steady eddie mr reliable so it's not too not too bad of a guy to keep your eyes peeled on, especially in and some of those maybe bigger matchups where they're gonna be able to share the ball around a little bit too. It's maybe sneaky play, especially I'm gonna keep hyping him up for my dynasty team. Maybe I'll sell him <laughs> sell him high or something, you know. <laughs> um Armin, you're uh your stud of the week. Man, Zach, you you snuck Damian Harris in there on me, and I, I kind of wanted him because I, I started him in a few. Um and you know, 7.5 yards per carry is pretty good. I went with my stud of the week, though. Um, this guy deserves a lot of love because he is ripping up fantasy right now. Um, and that is Cooper Cup. Man, he got 32.6 points this week. He is on pace, I saw somewhere, to have the most fantasy points of a wide receiver in fantasy history. He has only one less point than Matthew Stafford, his quarterback on, on the year. Like that is wild how, how good Cooper Cup is doing. He has 162 points in half point uh, fantasy. He has already well, just his weeks here, 20 points, 32 points, 26 points, one bad week with almost nine points, 12 points, and then he gets back up, 29 points, 32 points. He is on fire. He deserves some love. Cooper Cup, baby, he is turning out to be the steal of the fantasy season. Yeah, he's right now, I would say, arguably, he is my fantasy MVP right now based on where you got him, like price-wise, draft capital, you know, all those things considered. I would yeah. say he's got to be my fantasy MVP at this point. Oh, huge steal. Like where are people getting him? Like in the fourth, fifth round, maybe even deeper in most leagues. Like, oh, what really a steal. Really, uh, really chaps me a little bit here as he was a throw-in in one of my dynasty trades. I sent him away this offseason. So <laughs> really, really kicking myself in the ass on that one. But uh, 
Yeah, those, those happen. But yeah, he's having himself quite the season. So I, I like that one quite a bit. That man, Case, first of all, I got to talk about the lines. It happens every week. So might as well fit it in here. Um, do you guys happen to watch that game at all? I try oh, to you avoid watching it on my back. Lines. Standard. I'm the only person watching it. But um, <laughs> so I was watching before if you had uh, Sunday practice there. And then I caught the tail end of it as we were at practice getting on my back yeah i put the game on armin's backpack and he walked around i had the game on his backpack but um they came out they scored opening touchdown it was sick okay they also had a fake punt a fake field goal and they also onside kicked him right after they scored their first points like it was like me playing madden trying to keep the ball in my hand (laughs) as much as i possibly could man i was hyped up and actually like they were winning that game for a substantial amount of time that was the first time they have had an offensive snap while they had a lead so far in the NFL. Seven, seven weeks it took them to finally play with a lead. Um, but it was a lot of fun to watch that one. I mean, nobody thought they would even touch the Rams, even give them a game. But it was a, lo- a lot of fun to watch that one. Uh, obviously, it's the, the big return, the, the uh, matchup of Goff versus Stafford after they flipped. So it was uh, a hyped-up game and um, – I enjoy watching Stafford still, man. I love that guy. He's such a good quarterback, but that was a lot of, that was a lot of fun. That one to watch. And it, it came down to, well, golf through a pick in the red zone to go ahead and then LA marched it back, scored and, or kicked a field goal. And that was all she wrote, but that was a, it was a fun game to watch. Um, so I'll continue here with my dud of the week. And uh, I put him in here for consideration for discussion. Okay. Allen Robinson, wide receiver for the Chicago bears, two part discussion here. Okay. If you are in fantasy right now, uh, obviously not dynasty, if you're in a redraft league, are you dropping Allen Robinson? And the second question, I suppose, is with the trade deadline lingering, do you think he is a player that could be dealt at the deadline because he is a franchise tag player and he will become a free agent? Chicago season's over. They're not making a push. They're not making the playoffs. Do you think he ends up being a guy that could possibly be dealt as well too? So two-parter. Uh, maybe, uh, Armin, you talk about the trade and, uh, Zach, you talk about maybe, uh, are you going to drop him in redraft? Oh man, you putting me on the spot here. With this <laughs> here. You can, you can flip it if you want. I don't care. We'll just, yeah, sure. do you want to flip it there, Armin? We can flip it. You, you start Zach. I'll, I can still talk about trade, but you, you start Zach. All right. So, um, it's funny you ask me this, uh, Jor, because not only do I, uh, have Robinson down as a sit this week for, for obvious reasons. Um, I do, or I am in the position in a redraft league um, where I have Robinson. I drafted him as my wide receiver too, I believe. Um, yeah. And he's and, always standard, uh, a good wide receiver too. That's always a like steal if you can get him as your two. But. Yeah. Yeah. And my thought process was, um, not going to be a very good team and uh, probably playing from behind a little bit. And, uh, you know, Darnell Mooney, Mooney was kind of like a sexy, trendy name in the off season, mm-hmm. but really there's nobody proven behind him. So I was thinking Robinson to the moon, like whatever the record for targets in a season was multiply that by two. And that's Allen Robinson. Um, so I had, Clearly, I had unrealistic expectations for Robinson, and uh, he's kind of been stinging me in the butt ever since. So I'm not going to drop him, but uh, I'm definitely not going to sit him right away. 
Um, I might wait and see until after the trade deadline. I just have to get through one more week um, to see where he ends up. And but yeah, like if he if he stays in Chicago after the deadline, then by all means, I would be fine with cutting bait. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if I end up cutting bait myself. But you know, for example, if uh, the Chiefs swing a deal and they pick up Robinson, then I would be slamming my head against the desk here, asking myself, "What the heck was I thinking?" Yeah, I think that's okay. a. I think that's a pretty good piece of advice. He's a, he's also a name too, that you can consider. Like he carries a big name value, you know, like if you talk about a player, Oh, he's got three points, three points, six points, 10 points, three points, three points. Nobody wants to trade for that person, but because he has such a substantial name value, he's also a guy that you can maybe package in a deal where it's like, all right, here's our main priority, but then I'll throw an Allen Robinson on top of that. He might be able to get it done. Then you're not sitting there with the, Oh, do I need to start? Do I need to sit him? Is he going to burn me again? Oh, it's a good matchup. doesn't matter. Like, Put in perspective, a buddy texted me this weekend and he goes, hey, I need some start-sit advice. Who are you starting, Brandon Ayuk or Allen Robinson? And I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, gross. Neither. <laughs> so I said, well, you know what? Like, it depends what you need, boom or bust, right? Allen Robinson's not going to goose you, but Ayuk could. But Ayuk could also put up a huge week, potentially, and obviously watching the weather and that, that wasn't the case either. But I said, if you need a couple points, I would just probably go with Robinson. He's yeah, I I only need a handful of points. I just can't get basically goosed or whatever. I said, oh, yeah, then I'll start Robinson. Yeah, 3.6. And then I think IU had 1.3. So there wasn't a right answer, I don't think, in that one. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely not what drafters anticipated. But, Armand, do you think he, do you think he gets traded? Um, you know, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I would think more likely than Deshaun Watson, to be honest. He's a guy you can play this year and you can – you can make a push at the trade deadline here. Henry Henry sign. Yeah, Henry sign too, right? And he's what, 28 years old. So as a receiver, you know, he's he's getting older, but there's still a decent chunk of years left that you could actually get out of this guy, especially if you're you're still developing, right? You could still get some good quality years when you, you start to hit that championship window. Um, just kind of looking at some some teams that I I think could could definitely benefit from having him in their locker room here is uh new orleans they've been hit pretty hard at the receiver position this year and who knows what's happening with michael thomas and they don't really have anyone but they still want to compete right now right they're they're still looking to compete um you look at uh, green bay has always been been wanting another guy um well maybe not management but uh, the fans for sure right so does Green Bay cave under the pressure here and bring in another guy to, to help Rodgers out and maybe make that push for them to, to make, a, make a push at the Super Bowl again with Rodgers and his potentially last year in Green Bay, right? Like A-Rob might be a good good spot right there, right? Um, who else here was I looking at? I was looking at uh, New England needs something better than uh, Myers. I'm sorry to say it, Zach, but... Uh, <laughs> He hasn't I'm done that for a hundred receptions. Uh, I guess so, but uh, zero touchdowns still, though. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he hasn't been a game three passing touchdowns. Yeah. Three he's passing been he's been a reliable guy, but uh, he's not a game breaker, right? So that could be another guy that that can open it up. Um, the last one I was looking at potentially is Indianapolis, right? Um, T.Y. Hilton's been banged up all season long. They got Pittman emerging there. 
A-Rob and Pittman together might be a pretty dynamic duo in in Indianapolis. Yeah, Michael um, Pittman start of the week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, and, and I did kind of think Baltimore, they're throwing the ball a lot more this year, actually. If you look at how much they're actually handing the ball off, um, Lamar Jackson – not a huge surprise, but he, he leads the team and carries there. And, um, but he's been throwing a lot more this year. And so maybe they want another receiver, but, um, that one is just, uh, a little, like maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, watching the saints game, I think that's probably my ideal landing spot because man, oh man, they can't catch the down ball. It's just been drops, 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 but yeah, um, that'd be my number one spot. I think one thing fellows. Yeah. So, while we were talking about this, I just pulled up his, uh, his contract and he's on a one year, $17.8 million guaranteed contract. Um, so whatever team gets him is going to have, or is going to need to have a hell of a lot of cap space to absorb that type of hit. So if the team that acquires him isn't able to, flip another contract another expensive contract he'll need to go to a team that has a lot of cap space and looking at the available cap space uh the team with the most space uh is the jaguars who funny enough he played for early yeah. on in, in his career <laughs> they have 28.7 million the eagles who have just invested heavily in that position the past two drafts 21.3 million 21.3 million um, then the Broncos, who have Sutton and Judy coming back from an injury, fourteen point seven million. Seahawks at twelve point three. Panthers eleven point three. Chargers ten nine. Um, it's like the teams that can afford them aren't necessarily teams that are in a position to win with him, or yeah. in a position of need, need for him. Exactly. Um, so maybe a team, let's see here. Um, shoot. We said the Packers, they have 5.2 million. They'd have to find a way to, to move a very expensive contract, even with the prorated remainder or of the re- contract or restructure. or restructure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a big ask for, for a team to do mid season. Um, it's funny that we bring this up. I, I read a, right. I heard a thing on another podcast in the off season talking about Allen Robinson and how just unlucky his career has been. Um, he was drafted into the NFL by the Jacksonville Jaguars, which that's unlucky enough going to the Jacksonville Jaguars and playing with Blake Bortles. <laughs> um, and then when his contract came up, he had, he had two offers um, according to the podcast. And the one offer was from the bears and it was for a lot of money. And then the other one was to the, to the Packers for less money. And uh, I, my understanding, it wasn't like a, a drastic difference. It wasn't like 1 million versus like 12 million a year. Um, but it was a noticeable difference. And he, he, he chased the money, which, I would advise anybody to do um, go after the money, but you know, he, he went from playing alongside with Rogers and Adams to playing alongside yeah. you know, Andy Dalton and 
uh, Jimmy Graham biscuits. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> <laughs> like he made a, a bad decision NFL stat wise or like Super Bowl legacy wise, but you made yeah. a, a good decision bankroll wise. By financially. Yeah, absolutely. Be inter- definitely interested to see like, cause we'll, we'll be hosting this episode next week with, with some definitive answers. Right. So kind of one of those ones we'll just kind of wait, wait and see, but definitely, definitely worth speculating over. Cause that's like you said, it's a big name and there's a lot of people that don't know what to do with them at this point. So I think uh, kind of going into what Zach had said, just hold on to him for one more week, one more week. And then worst case you drop them or you can flip them, right? You can add them in, add them in a deal and try and get rid of them. Then you have to make those decisions anymore. But uh, the longest uh, dud, the longest dud we've had of the podcast there. Well, we'll go <laughs> yeah, on no to kidding. we'll go on to Zach's dud here. Uh, Zach's dud of the week. So Sam Darno was my dud of the week. Um, Sam Darno was sixteen for twenty five for hundred and eleven yards for a four point four average, and he had one one interception and no touchdowns. Um, and to make matters worse, he had no rushing attempts. Um, during Darno's good weeks at the start of the year, uh, the weeks where people were saying, holy Jesus, it's the Adam Gase effect all over again. Um, getting a talented player out of New York away from Adam Gase and his career just revives. Um, Darno was having not substantial, but he was having significant rushing success. Um, so now he's struggling as a passer and he isn't supporting his stats with any rushing production. So, you know, adding in a less than stellar passing stat line with, with no rushing yards is leading to Darno having only 2.4 points on the week. Um, and it wasn't until this week that I really heard um, significant reports of the the Panthers looking at Darno, or sorry, looking at Watson to replace Darno. Mm-hmm. And uh, what does Darno do to protect and defend his job? He goes out and puts up just over a hundred yards passing. Like that's not all his fault. Like that falls on the the coordinator. Um, his teammates as well, but your job's on the line, my man. And you put up, you know, 111 yards with an interception. You're not doing yourself any favors against a a less than stellar New York giant defense. We are talking about Darno and the giants. This is a weird. I was talking about the pools. We got every single game right this week in our pools, except for that game. That's the only game we got wrong. So damn you, Sam Darno. What's the payout there for one of those? Uh, It depends on how many splits there are. So I'll be able to tell you in the next pod here, because actually uh, one of the guys we do the pools with, his cousin went perfect this week. So I'll find out exactly what he ended up winning. Uh, He And I know that for a fact because they boxed the Monday game. So perfect mm-hmm. through Sunday and you box the Monday, you're guaranteed a W. So uh, I'll be able to report that on the next one. But I, I can't like, I know like some of them can be up to like several hundred thousands of dollars, depending on if there's a splits or not. Like it's, it can be a substantial amount of money. I think the last one was a split of, when I say it was a split of 13 people for like 8,000 or I don't know. I can't remember what it was. It's, it depends on how many people pay in that week. And then if you split, there's a lot of things that go into it, but it can be a lot of money. So for us to lose only on the giants. 
beating Dan, damn Darno. <laughs> not what you want. <laughs> so, no, not at all. Damn you, Darno. Uh, Armin, your stud of the or sorry, stud of the week. Your dud of the week, Armin. All right, I went with Justin Fields this week. He had five turnovers, um, 184 passing yards. He only put up 4.16 uh, points in fantasy. Just uh, not what we were expecting. Not that we were expecting Fields to go out and put up Lamar Jackson numbers um, right off the hop here in his career, but uh, we were definitely expecting him to be doing a little bit more than what he has been. Um, it's just been kind of a letdown watching him play. Um, expected him to use his legs really well and and to just be be flying around out there, and he, he looks kind of slow to be honest yeah, he hasn't looked very good yeah you you drafted um, him in high hopes didn't you there uh zach in redrafts yeah so i i i picked him up in uh a league that uh that jor and i are in together and uh he's been sitting on my bench all year it's a two qb it's a super flex league and he's my qb3 and he's been sitting on my bench all year and my other quarterbacks are Derek Carr and uh, Kirk Cousins. And uh, the waiver wire last week came through, and I thought, yeah, there's some other quarterbacks that I could pick up. I was, I was eyeing up Mac Jones, actually, knowing that he's going against the Jets and knowing that uh, there's a pretty good chance the Pats might beat the brakes off the Jets. Um, but I, I said – Told myself you've been holding on to fields for you know six weeks, seven weeks now. This is what you've been waiting for. You've been waiting for the chance to play him. So I, I put him into my my super flex spot. Um, and he put up, I have the app open right now, and he put up one point one six points. <laughs> and funny enough. That lineup also includes 2.6 points from Allen Robinson and 6.8 points from Cole Komet. Clearly, I was huffing glue yesterday morning, and I started three Chicago Bears in one lineup. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I still have a 42% chance to win. I'm currently up two. I was just going to say, I was looking at it. You have a chance here. Yeah, I'm currently up to um, Marquez Callaway. Just can't catch a ball for more than 20 yards, and I win, which I uh, I don't hate those odds right now. But uh, <laughs> thank thank the good Lord I had uh, I had Chase as my wide receiver as another one of my wide receivers because that 30 points really buoyed me to uh, have at least a chance. I was, I was looking at that league right now. I'm currently like in this week, I'm the third lowest point getter, maybe going to finish the fourth, but probably the third. And I'm going to win this matchup. <laughs> uh, like uh, that's, that's fantasy football. That's the apocalypse. Gross. There's some teams that scored 200 points in this league, 179, 193. And I'm at 107 currently, like so gross that I'm going to win this. Well, I already won. It's just a matter of like, how badly am I going to finish in the standings and points? But what a week. Five I was looking at some of the uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, scores for this week, and it's a, it's a draft and uh, 
forget league, right? We can't uh, pick people up in yeah. the um, in the satellite league, and it's a best ball league. And there were some some teams that have like like they had under a hundred points between being decimated by injuries over the first couple of weeks and buys. Like there were some guys that were starting, um, like Greg Ward, who had like negative 0.5 rush uh for the for the game right like no no receptions no receiving yards but he lost half a yard uh from rushing the ball or whatever so um definitely not the week <laughs> to uh to complain about winning a game that's for sure in in that league with like what you mentioned like and how serious the negative points are for quarterbacks i have Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's on the IR. I have my quarterback from the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, who is on bye week. And then I had my other quarterback, Sam Darnot, who put up negative seven points in that league. So I started yeah, a, I started a quarterback on bye week in that league. Yeah, that league is brutal when your QB struggles. Yeah, you're in like, trouble. It's horrendous. And uh, the, the one best ball league that the three of us are in, I've been shocked at how bad Zach Wilson is in that league. Um, two weeks ago, I looked at the stats and he was the owner of like maybe 12 points on the year. And I was like, that can't be. They played six games. That's impossible. But when you looked at it, he had like two or three negative scores for weeks. I'm like, oh, that's how that happened. Neg- right. Negative four for a pick. And then like for like <laughs> yeah. penalties and stuff, like it's aggressive. You need good cues in that league. Same as a Scott Fish league too, but yeah, yeah man, oh man. I was, I was tied for first place in Scott Fish for quite some time. Right now going into this week, I was behind by one and a half points this week. <laughs> by weeks did be dirty. <laughs> I'm going to be behind <laughs> by quite a few points, I think, but Oh man. Okay. That was a long recap here, but that was a lot of information we threw at you guys. So a couple of big games here, honorable mention to throw at you quick, Tom Brady, uh, Mike Evans, AJ Brown, Zach Ertz on the new team. Definitely something to monitor. Might be a waiver wire, sweetheart, uh, Dearness Johnson, Deandre Swift, Elijah Mitchell, Jonathan Taylor, Terry McLaurin, Khalil Herbert getting done on the ground against Tampa Bay. Very surprising rookie. Uh, the one Chicago bear. Yeah. The one guy who actually wanted to start that Zach uh, missed the memo on. <laughs> uh cj uzama kyle pitts rounding out some big uh big guys there uh some not so great games robbie anderson uh you could probably drop him at this point patrick mahomes had a really tough go uh, and was worse his game or his family live tweeting the game but uh they're both not great uh aaron jones uh, had a little bit of a down week antonio gibson daryl henderson mike davis darnell mooney uh wrapping out a couple guys that had a bit of a tough go um also to mention too on sunday uh, how many times did you hear this, you guys? National Tight End Day, October 24th. How many times did you guys hear that watching football yesterday? The, the prop bet would have been set at like 400, and I would have smashed yeah. the over. Yeah. And it was it like was set at the beginning of each game for sure. And then anytime a tight end was probably in the middle of the screen, like not even <laughs> just getting the ball, just targeted or put a good block up or something. 
Look at him getting involved. You know what's National Tight End Day? Oh, great. There it is. Oh, he caught a pass. You know what's National Tight End Day? That's all I heard all day. But actually, to be honest, there were some tight ends that had, did have a quite a bit of week too. So it was like good. every single QB texted each other that morning. And it was like, we have to throw the ball to our tight ends. Make sure every tight end gets a <laughs> touchdown today. It's like when your buddy has a birthday and you take them out for lunch and stuff, and you know, you hang out after work. It's like, you want to make it their day. I know every quarterback was like, no, this is their day. It's, it's tight end week here. <laughs> like, it would have made for a outstanding drinking game. Oh man, oh, you yeah. you would have been H one in one if you would have been. <laughs> <laughs> that. Like you would have been in some serious trouble. I think some Sunday scaries for sure. Um. Well, I guess that'll uh, do it here for the weekly recap. Uh, we're gonna do our Halloween special here now. What we're doing is we're throwing a little analogy at you, uh, for what we think about. Uh, either a player or a team or something like that in the fantasy world. And we're going to make an analogy and we're going to connect it to the Halloween season. we got spooky season coming up here this weekend. Uh, so we're going to throw some analogies at you. So we'll, we'll start off with, um, we'll start off with Armin here. Armin, what's your, uh, what's your Halloween analogy for this season, uh, for this one? All right. So you guys all know Tom Brady, right? You know who he is? Yeah. I'm trying to be funny here. Rhetorical question. (laughs) (laughs) I have heard of him. Yes. Carry on. (laughs) Anyways, um, he is the Pennywise for defenses. He is their biggest fear. No matter what defense he faces, he is going to pick them apart and find their weakness and expose it and exploit it. So he's like Pennywise from it. One when uh when he was with New York and they're playing uh playing the Pats against Tom Brady, he's like, yeah, we're see we're seeing ghosts. So it could have <laughs> yeah, been the Pats. No. Yeah, it could have been the Pats defense instead of uh, Tom Brady too seeing the ghosts there. But <laughs> that's a good one there. Uh Zach, your uh your analogy for the Halloween spooky season. So uh so Armand and I were definitely uh similar train of thought here. Um, I likened Derrick Henry to Jason uh, Voorhees. Um, I do not watch scary movies. They are scary. So (laughs) agreed. um, Pardon me if I mispronounced uh, his name from the Halloween movies, I believe. Um, Anyways, looked it up. Jason has the highest body count of any horror villain um, with 157 career killings. Um, and, uh, if you ask most defensive backs, um, that try to tackle Derrick Henry in the open field, um, it is like getting stabbed by Jason. I'm sure, um, the, <laughs> one of my favorite gifts is of Derrick Henry stiff arming Josh Norman to the moon. Um, <laughs> you can throw that out there for any reason. Like, Hey man, I just got shut down by this girl send that one out get bodied yeah (laughs) or like holy smokes that was a hard test i did not see that one coming derrick henry stiff arm to josh norman (laughs) it's versatile i got a i got a bonus one for us today just talking about derrick henry's kills here um watching the monday nighter before we started it showed a replay of dk metcalf against Lattimore. i don't know if you guys saw it and metcalf was owning Lattimore every single play just knocking him to the ground or knocking him back and so he is like happy death day just over and over killing him 
Okay, I also for the Halloween, I'm pretty sure that's uh, Michael Myers. Isn't that who it is? It I'm, trying remember, I'm trying to remember like I what said, I am. Uh, well, Mike Myers is Friday the 13th. Okay, so maybe we are right here. Yeah, I don't, I, uh, I don't watch horror movies, but I, I know the, the trivia at least, I guess. There you go. <laughs> I went to, uh, like it was, I think it was like the second or the third paranormal activity. Um, there was a girl that I was, was trying to impress. And so we, we, go to the, we go to the movie with a couple friends and she's like, she's all into it or whatever. And I'm sitting there with my baseball cap over my eyes like this the entire movie. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about that paranormal activity movie see those those ones don't bug me too much i don't mind the paranormal ones i i don't like the ones where it's like this could happen in my backyard at any moment where it's like somebody throws a mask on and just cuts your head off it's like yeah that that could happen like that that could happen this evening and it wouldn't be wouldn't be surprising my my couch floating in my living room yeah that's probably not gonna happen you know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, some of those jump scares though Oh yeah. Send me for a loop. Yeah. Popcorn's Holy on the back seat behind you. Just dumped yeah. your Pepsi on the lady in front of you. It's been a tough night. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Um, I'll get mine going here and I want a different direction, the fellas, but uh, my Halloween special analogy is the Kansas city chiefs are like trick or treating in a rich community. It takes you a lot to get there. You got to beg your parents to drive you to the rich community to go knock on the doors and hope to get some really good candy. And if your parents don't drive you, you got to walk there. And I saw a meme. It was like, I couldn't just be Spider-Man for Halloween. I always have to be Spider-Man in a jacket when I'm Halloweening <laughs> in Saskatchewan. So I'm sure we can all relate to that. It's a cold walk. You got to get there. So there's a lot of investment to getting to this rich community. And lots of times you knock on the door and they give you one measly piece of candy. So what it costs you to get there isn't necessarily worth the payout. And right now, the Kansas City Chiefs having high draft capital, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, all very high draft capital players. None of them are really putting out the financial burden that your draft capital put out. Tyreek Hill, okay, he's had some big weeks, but they are right now, teams are really keying on them. They're taking away the big plays and the offense is starting to crumble a little bit. You know what? If you want to get payout for your bang for your buck, go to farms. Go get dropped off at a farm. (laughs) Knock on the door. They're dumping the whole pail in there because they're turning (laughs) the lights off and they're done. Probably because all the horror movies happen on farms and they don't want to mess around with the lights on. (laughs) But if you want bang for your buck, that's where you're going. You're going into the fifth, sixth round. You're finding yourself some Cooper Cup. You're finding yourself some, I don't know, maybe Cordell Patterson off the – off the, off the uh, waiver wire, you know, you're finding some value there. Uh, not that uh, rich person trick or treating where you're getting one measly piece of candy or you go to the dentist, the dentist house and they give you toothbrushes or something stupid, you know? <laughs> and my parents gave the full chocolate bar, a can of pop. And you know, you could probably go there twice and they'd be like, Oh, Hey, welcome back. <laughs> yeah. New costume though. Eh? Like off of how I met your mother when Barney's trying to get that number from the girl and he keeps coming back in different costumes. Oh man. You know, Jordan, though, I, I think you might've had that one more thought, well thought out than Zach and I. So did you have this all planned out what you're going to say? And then you're like, let's I'll suggest it to the guys. No, no. I had a couple ones lined up where I was going to say like, this player is like this, you know, and, and one of the ones I was considering was, uh, I was considering that that's either the 
Dallas, not Dallas, sorry, the uh, Cleveland Browns. I was thinking about it. Or I was also thinking the Seattle Seahawks are like the mummy costume. You need a lot of bandages because they're always injured. <laughs> but that was what I was kind of thinking about. That was but not I went, bad. I went yeah. a different direction. So that'll do it for our Halloween special. A little segment there to spice up this episode. But uh, talking about uh, spicing things up, spice up your wardrobe, finding your way down to Limitless Gear in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Uh, Armin's rocking the, the plaid as per usual. Uh, oh, it's yeah. getting a little chilly out there, so adding a couple layers on. Uh, I was wearing my hoodie on the weekend. It was nice and chilly out there, so I needed the extra layers. Uh, but now you're going to find your way down to Limitless Gear, the proud owner and the proud winner of the 2021 ABEX Youth Entrepreneur Award. So find your way down to uh, Limitless Gear in Prince Albert or shop online and find yourself some Limitless Gear. That is a brand about bettering yourself and believing that possibilities are endless if you set your mind to it. So once again, big congratulations out to Cody Demeray and Limitless Gear. Um, we all do our Canadian player profile here, and then we're going to be, uh, starts the week, we'll wrap this thing up. We're running a little bit long here, but delivering some pretty good content this week, I'd say. So last week we did uh, Alaric Jackson, uh, offensive lineman from the Los Angeles Rams. And the question was, will Matthew Stafford be his season high of 28.5 fantasy points in the revenge game against the Detroit Lions? I post this one on our social medias on our uh, on our stories. Lots of people voted in on that. Uh, 75% of people sold the same as us and 25% of the people had bought. And he was awfully close at 26.6, throwing for 334 yards and three TDs. So he was awfully close, but did not quite reach the mark. So we all sold putting us at five, three, and two on the season. Uh, we're keeping things tight here, so we'll see if we can maybe get a little more separation. The boys can catch up here for this one. So our week number eight Canadian player profile is Brett Jones, offensive lineman from the Denver Broncos. So Brett Jones was born July 19th in 1991 in Weyburn, Saskatchewan. Uh, he played his football at the University of Regina. Uh, he is six foot two and 315 pounds uh, after his, or sorry, while he was uh, at the University of Regina, just wrapping up his university career, he was named the eighth best player in the CFL pre-draft rankings. Uh, that upcoming draft, he was drafted in the second round, pick 15 to the Calgary Stampeders, where he was named outstanding rookie in 2013. And he was named most outstanding lineman in 2014, as well as winning the Grey Cup with the Calgary Stampeders in 2014 against the Hamilton Ticats. In 2015, he signed his first pro career contract in the NFL with the New York Giants, uh, where he played with the Giants until 2018. He was traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, he was with the Vikings until this past offseason, where as a free agent, he signed with the Denver Broncos, but unfortunately was hurt in the preseason and is currently on the IR. So our Canadian player profile, offensive lineman Brett Jones from the Denver Broncos, We'll piece together with the whole offense of the Denver Broncos. Uh, so the question this week for the guys to ponder and buy or sell is, will the Denver Bronco offense surpass their season average of 348 yards of offense versus the Washington football team? That is passing and rushing. They're averaging 348 per game. Will they surpass that versus the Washington football defense? Uh, we'll start, uh, Zach, you didn't get to maybe share too many thoughts last week. We'll share We'll start with you first. Here. Zach, buying or selling this one? Passing and rushing, you say, eh? Yeah, that's their average is 348 passing and rushing. 
Holy smokes. Okay. I am going to take the over. So I'm going to buy it. Um, it says here that the Washington defense is 29th in the league on average, giving up uh, 406 yards per game. Um, that definitely leaves some, some wiggle room there for the, for the Denver Broncos to, to put up some, put up some yards on the Washington defense. Um, especially if Judy is able to return to the lineup and, uh, perform like his old self coming off the injury. So I will buy the Denver Broncos surpassing their season average. Armand. Um, first off, I want to say Brett Jones, you're a great man being from Saskatchewan guy for my heart and playing for the Vikings. Ooh. What a guy. What a guy. Um, next, I'm going to do the same as Zach. I'm going to buy. Um, you know, a lot of people, when they hear Washington football team, they think, oh, stout defense. But this year, that hasn't been the case, as Zach said. And Judy's coming back, as Zach said as well. So those are two of my big reasons. And then the, the thunder and thunder of their running back committee there of Gordon and, and Javante Williams. Um, is, is a lot to handle there. You know, Broncos, uh, they're looking good. They're, I think sunny days ahead for the Broncos here, and, and Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves will, will do it for us here. So this is an interesting one because when I first looked at it, I wanted to buy it as well. Uh, I think that they have the potential to do that. But you're looking at a team that we talked about historically or at least in the past couple of years here has been a really solid defense, right? But giving up an average of 406 points per game, okay, well, maybe they're not. But some of those big games happened previously. Uh, two weeks ago was 499 before that. Uh, some other ones a big 481 and 424. But looking at a really stout, solid offense like the Green Bay Packers was just held to 304 this past week, which is quite surprising as they, well, they beat them pretty handily, uh, more or less tacking it on later in the game. But um, I think I'm going to sell. Uh, I'm going to sell on the fact that I think maybe this is the turnaround. This uh, defense is starting to produce. They're starting to play a little bit better. We started to see some pressure from the D line. Uh, Chase was starting to get involved a little bit. And if you can hold the high powered offense of the Green Bay Packers to under 350 yards, uh, why can't you do that to the Denver Broncos? So partially doing it to be contrarian, partially because maybe the statistics are starting to bounce the right way for the Washington football team defense so uh, i'm gonna sell and we'll uh, we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes here this upcoming week i got one more thing to consider with that not that i'm trying to sway you because i i want to catch up to you here but <laughs> think of this as well denver has a pretty good defense as well of their own accord and that washington offense isn't the greatest so i'm anticipating the denver offense to be on the field quite a bit to have a lot of opportunities to get that 340 nine yards of offense well here's hoping that i'm right and i can extend my lead on you guys a little bit so we'll see how this one goes um carrying on here guys is our weekly preview uh recap last week um armin's full stream ahead was Jameis winston who's actually put himself up a not too bad week here fortunately the receivers are dropping the ball quite a bit certain so i'm a little bit but that's the way she goes um zach's start of the week jd mckissick had himself a not bad little week. He outsnapped uh, Antonio Gibson, so that's something to definitely monitor. Uh, sitting all of the Browns, which 
math checked out for everybody except for Dearness Johnson, I think, on that <laughs> one. So so we'll give you that one for, for the majority. <laughs> um, Armin's start of the week was Damian Harris and had himself a really good week. And set of the week, Mike Davis. I think that that point's a no-brainer. Well done there, Armin. <laughs> um, my set of the week. My set of the week was DK Metcalf, who shy of his very first play—not very first play, but his very first target—he took it for 84 yards and a score. Uh, hasn't done much with the ball since. So the math's checking out here. Other than he, uh, I mean, he's an elite receiver. He can break those types of things off. He. I think Lattimore tripped and he ended up jumping over top of him and then took it to the house. But uh, Matt's checking out. So he's, he's still, well, I mean, if you started him, you're happy with what you got, especially with the bye week. But uh, the one I'm pretty happy with was my start of the week, Michael Pittman versus San Francisco. And this was a weird one. I don't know if you watched the, the Sunday night game at all, fellas, but like how rainy it was, it was hard to pass. But Michael Pittman still put up a pretty good week of 18.5 points, four receptions, 105 yards and one touchdown. Uh, but the thing that I was really happy with um was how many times he was targeted deep downfield and the flags came uh putting the ball up in the air and tacking through hands getting the pi and it helped extend drives especially on long deep passes so michael Pittman had himself a little bit of a pretty good week there so a little bit happy with that one um armin your full stream ahead all right my full stream ahead this week is carson wentz and i'll tell you why the tennessee defense um, although they just shut down Kansas City, isn't the best defense in the league. They're one of the worst, actually. And then uh, Wentz is starting to show his swagger back. Hey, he And he's available and I think, like, almost 70% of leagues out there. So combined with that, and then, like you just said about Michael Pittman looking legit, right? He's got an actual legit weapon. The ground game's going, which is going to open it up for him in the air and also for his own uh, own feet, which if you listen to the announcers, they, they kind of reminded us that Wentz actually can run the ball fairly effectively himself. So he tricked, um, he tricked the cameraman on that option read. Yeah. Like he, <laughs> he is, he's starting to find a swagger back and, and I'm banking on this week. He continues to do that against Tennessee. Um. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I'm, I think considering starting my dynasty league, um, he's starting to move the ball, but other than literally gifting uh, the opposition with one of the worst picks I've ever seen, <laughs> I think Carson Wentz is starting to bounce back and he's looking looking pretty good. Um, let's go. Uh, let's start with Zach, your, your start of the week. All right. This one's <clears throat> maybe uh, a bit of a, of a cheap one. Um, so I said I want to start – Keenan Allen against the Pats. Um, I'm assuming most people that have Keenan Allen are starting him anyways, just with the draft capital that was involved and his uh, production to this point in the season. Um, But the reason I'm starting Keenan Allen is because um, to this point in the season, Keenan Allen has played uh, just shy of 50% of his snaps out of the slot. And while he is in the slot, he is getting just under 25% of the team target share um, from the Chargers. Um, this week against the Pats, they are playing with uh, the Pats that are, that is, they are playing without Jonathan Jones, who is one of the better slot corners in the league. Um, he's on the IR. So if the Pats match up JC Jackson on the outside where he is much more comfortable against Mike Williams and they leave Keenan Allen in the slot up against uh, 
Jalen Mills, Miles Bryant, or uh, Jaquan Williams, I could definitely see Keenan Allen going off and having himself a dominant week um, against the Pats, unfortunately for me. Yeah, I, I need him to bounce back in a hurry. We invested quite a bit in him last season. It paid out for us last year, but right now we need a little bit extra for him because uh, uh, he hasn't been putting it up. And hopefully and to the uh, to the unfortunates of your New England Patriots, I hope he lights you up a little bit there, Zach, I'll be honest. It wouldn't uh, Armin, surprise me, yeah. not in the least. Armin, your start of the week? All right. I am going with the one, the only, Khalil Herbert who just has said Monty who in the last two weeks. Um, I think you got to keep that trainer all in here. He has supplanted Damian Williams in a hard way here as the number two running back in Chicago. And while Monty's still out, just keep flying through Khalil Herbert. Maybe he'll continue to see catch, touches once Monty even comes back here because he's been so impressive. I mean, he – Every every week this year, we've been saying, sit the running back that's going against Tampa Bay. Sit the running back that's going against Tampa Bay. And what does Khalil Herbert do? He says, oh, I'm going to be the only Chicago Bear that produces this week. And he puts up 15.8 points and half point PPR against Tampa Bay and gets 100 yards rushing. He gets some targets out of the in the passing game. And this week he is playing San Francisco, who we just saw Jonathan Taylor put up a hundred yard performance against. So I think just keep riding that Herbert train. He's looking good. He's looking, he looks like he belongs in the NFL. He looks like a legit NFL running back that could actually start for almost any team. Solid, solid in the draft. He's looking pretty good. Yeah. Talking talking about another player that's still in the draft here, my start of the week. I'm going to go with Kenny Gainwell, uh, the running back from the Philadelphia Eagles, as they play the Detroit Lions. Now, this is going to be an interesting football game because this is two not very good football teams. Um, but the thing that makes it a little bit more interesting is that Miles Sanders is very unlikely to play with his ankle injury, which slots Kenny Gainwell in uh, to get more touches. Now, this is a three-headed monster that uh, I didn't want a whole lot to do with, with Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, and Boston Scott. Um, but with Miles Sanders out, I think this makes it a little more clear, and Kenny Gainwell's snap share is starting to climb a little bit. Um, so I think he is someone that maybe you might be able to find the waiver wire and in a pinch that you want to start, um, in, whether you be in that flex position or whatever it may be, uh, I think you're going to be able to get a trusty little week out of uh, running back Kenny Gainwell. Detroit has struggled against running backs uh, except for last week when they got passed on quite a bit, but that was Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. Uh, Daryl Henderson ended up having a little bit of a down week because of the passing game was so strong. So a team that you could historically run against the Detroit Lions, I'm looking at Kenny Gainwell, even probably pick, possibly picking him up off the waiver wire to slot right into my starting lineup to deal with some bye weeks. So Kenny Gainwell is my start of the week. Uh, Zach, I know you hinted at this one already, but uh, do you want to talk about your sit of the week? We might have lost him. Yeah, laptop died again on the poor Zach or Wi-Fi issues. But uh, I can mention here, Zach's already talked about this one already. His, uh, his sit of the week is Alan Robinson. He's already... Uh, oh yeah, computer issues. It died or not died. It froze up. But he already talked about why Allen Robinson. So um, we can move on from his as well. Uh, your sit of the week there, uh, Armin. 
All right. My sit of the week is Alex Collins. Okay. You people were starting to, to believe in him and now he is starting to come down to earth. Okay. Currently it is in the fourth quarter, so there's not a whole lot of time left. He isn't going to finish with more than five points in a half point PPR this week. Um, he, he's a little banged up and, um, they got Rashard Penny back and Dallas or DJ Dallas is starting to look like the best back out of those three guys anyways. And, uh, once, uh, once Carson comes back, Alex Collins is definitely on the outside looking in, but, uh, I think even now with the three backs that are there, he is the number two or even three, depending on how they are viewing Rashad Penny after this week. Yeah, I uh, man, I miss Chris Carson first of all, but I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I I'm interested to see what's going to happen here with a with a couple more sits, you know, and guys guys going through and what what you need to do with the waiver wire. But that's uh, that's becoming a a back shared among many running backs. It's starting to scare me a little bit. So uh, my set of the week is uh, my set of the week is going to be Devonte Booker. Uh, I'm sitting Devonte Booker, the running back from the New York giants off of a, off a half decent uh, performance. Actually, he found his way in the end zone. Um, he's filling in for injured Saquon Barkley, uh, but you're not going to want to start Devonte Booker here against Kansas city. I, I see this as a real get right game for Kansas city um just they're battling they're battling right now like just casey offense all together so i feel like this is gonna be an opportunity for them to to get back and get back in the win call them uh they're <laughs> the giants are definitely not going to do to kansas city what they just did to carolina uh in fact i see it going the other way so the 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 weight's gonna be put on jones's shoulders to air the ball out a lot more or at least on his legs to try and keep themselves in this game and i feel like this is gonna be devonta booker on the outside looking in so don't keep going to devonta booker as he's riding the hot hand this is a matchup especially in the monday night that you're gonna want to avoid so i'd be sitting devonta booker against kansas city chiefs we got zach back here just in time for his upset of the week we talked about your set of the week there alan robinson unless you got a little bit of extra you want to share no, I'm sure you guys did a fantastic job. Um, we, over got you past... back in, we got you back in time for the most important part, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should have seen me fly up and down those stairs. Holy <laughs> smokes. Uh, well, Zach, you're upset of the week. Let's hear it. The most important segment of the podcast. Ai oh. Chihuahua. This Two is what people listen to the whole podcast for, just to hear <laughs> your upset. This is how you make money or lose yeah, it, apparently. Here we go. Zach, let's so, hear it. I, uh, when I was looking it up today, um, initially I, when I came across this, I, I thought there's no way. Uh, and then I went to different websites and, and different sites have, uh, different point spreads, which, um, as somebody that doesn't gamble <laughs> blew my mind. Um, so <laughs> definitely learned something new today, but the one the, the first website that I came across, I'm using that point spread. And right now it has the Tennessee Titans as one point underdogs to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, at face value, both of these teams are two of the hotter teams right now in the AFC and maybe two of the hotter teams in the entire NFL. Um, the Titans have reeled off two huge wins in the past two weeks, um, last week against the Bills and this week against the Chiefs. Um, both of those teams were considered uh, AFC and NFL royalty. So 
two big feathers in the Tennessee Titans caps. Um, as well as the Titans also beat the Colts in week three. So they have that history against them to this point. Um, the past two wins for the Colts have been against the Texans, who are one of the worst teams in the league, and against the 49ers. And that game may or may not have taken place inside of a cyclone. <laughs> um, so if the Titans can get production out of their top two wide receivers in AJ Brown and Julio Jones, look for the Titans to take advantage of a middle of the road pass defense um, of the Colts. Um, saying that though, that's a big if. Um, it's very likely, it's, it's just as likely that Julio Jones will put up like a hundred yard receiving stat line as it is that he'll pull a hamstring um, walking down the stairs at the hotel for breakfast. So, Really hard to say what's going to happen, but I do like the Titans against the Colts. Um, so that's my pick of the week. Yeah, I that one seems like kind of like a no-brainer. You know what I mean? Like Indianapolis is looking pretty good, but Tennessee is legit. Like they're legit, legit. So I, I was actually surprised when uh, when you picked that, doing our pools pick. I think that might be one that's worth a box, but I, I think I'm leaning towards Tennessee regardless. Like they look legit. You can't, then, you, know, like, you, got, you got to take that other game. You got to throw it in the garbage. Like that's a monsoon. That's not a football game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then there is another game that caught my eye. Um, Homerism, obviously um, the Pats against the, the Chargers. Uh, it has the Pats as six point underdogs. But if I understand point spreads correctly, as long as the Pats don't lose by more than six, you'd still win yeah. the, can't cover the bet. The, can't cover the spread. Right. So, I wouldn't be shocked if the Pats lose, um, but I would be surprised if they lost by more than six, especially how they have performed in the past against the NFL elite um, games against the Buccaneers and against the Cowboys, where it was, you know, a last second field goal and a trip to overtime. So I like I like the chances that the Pats at least hang around and keep it closer than six. Well, and their offense is clicking right now too. Hunter yeah. Henry's been looking good. Obviously, Damian, uh, not Damian Harris. Yeah, sorry, Damian yeah, Harris. Damian Harris. Yeah, yeah, starting to piece it together. So, definitely something to uh, be be looking out for. Anything yeah. to add here, fellows, before we wrap this bad boy up? You know, uh, trade deadlines coming up here. We got Halloween season on the rise, and it's it's a fun time and uh, in the fall to to just have some fun and and watch some football too. Some yeah. Fun. Oh man, I was so choked I didn't do this last episode because we dropped on the twentieth, and then the twenty first is a big day for me. But um, it was a big shout out to my brother. Uh, his birthday was on October twenty first, so big shout out, happy birthday to him. And uh, on the same day, big shout out to fan of, well, they're both fans of the podcast. So that's why I kind of want to do it. Uh, I'm big fan of the podcast. My best friend in the charity league, Robbie Gates, his birthday is October 21st as well too. So hindsight, we're rushed a little bit, forgot about it last episode. Wanted to give him a little shout out on the uh, podcast. Happy birthday to them. Hope it was a good one. Um, obviously big fans of the pod. So uh, big thanks to them for listening in on this one. So um, with Halloween out there, be safe, everybody have fun. Enjoy the, enjoy the weekend. Uh, we'll be, we'll be regrouping here 
with uh, hopefully a couple W's following the bipocalypse here. I know another bad one for me is week number nine. So I'm going to enjoy week eight while I can until week <laughs> nine hits me like a, hits me like a brick wall. But uh, thanks for listening to episode 25, everybody. Uh, we're, we're, they're coming out fast and furious. Can't believe we already hit 25 already, but that'll do it for this one. Uh, good luck in week number eight, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll, we'll talk soon. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.